0: Um, the first one is from John 15one 11 which is on page 106. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Our second reading is from the first letter of John, chapter 1, and it can be found on page 236. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed, and we have seen it and testify to it, and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord. Be
1: to God. Friends, very good morning, all. Sure. Let's bow our heads for a short prayer. Dear loving Heavenly Father, please create within each one of us a hunger and a thirst to learn of you. May your word come alive this day and your spirit be at work in our lives. For Jesus' sake. Amen. amen. For seven very happy years, as part of an act of Christian ministry and service, I worked at Frinton on Sea in Essex. Coastal town, working with Scripture Union, uh, teaching many children and young adult, adults about Christ. The sea was the backdrop. Uh, there's a lovely beach, and uh, if you're familiar with the town, it hit the national press when they decided to open relatively recently a fish and chip shop in town, against uh, the chagrin of all the local residents. That sort of thing should be kept to Clapton on Sea, and all that. Uh, But nonetheless, back in the day, it was Harwich for the continent, Frinton for the incontinent, but swiftly moving on, uh, we had a great time. But you could teach. The wise man built his house upon the rock, the foolish one built his house upon the sand, and uh, it all grew, and it fell flat when you have got sand all around. It just kind of seemed to work with that action song. And so Jesus' story, he who built his house on my words, is wise. If you don't, it's going to fall flat. Either your life will be in tatters or your Bible will be in tatters. It's wise or foolish. Either sin will keep you from this book or sin will keep you from that book. It's wise or foolish. And the sense of wisdom and foolishness, of course, is not just the words of Christ, but it's the words of the great apostle. Foolishness to the Greeks, great book to read by Leslie Lubbeck. The wise of this world are foolishness when you look at the cross. And so it is the case that foolishness in the eyes of the world are actually wisdom to God. And so today, when we're looking at Christian teaching and the priority that we receive it, it's worth just reflecting from that passage in Acts, they devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to prayer and to breaking of bread the Spirit had come upon the early Christian church and to maintain spiritual vibrancy in Christian witness, something happened. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There is surely an interplay, and I've seen it to be true too, and I'm sure you have also. The Spirit comes and creates an appetite and a thirst for Christian teaching. But of course, it can be the other way round. Christian teaching and preaching and learning can create an appetite for more of the Spirit. The two work hand in hand. My first point teaching and the Holy Spirit. You claim to have been touched by the Spirit of God. I've actually met people who said, I've just been filled with the Spirit. Word of wisdom, just watch that one. It's not always quite true. The Holy Spirit is the most self effacing of people. The only person he draws attention to is Jesus. You can't parade it at all. But it does come. And it comes sometimes when you receive Christian teaching, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Your conscience of his absence, do yearn for it, do pray for it, find yourself under Christian teaching, and you could well find you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And Christ himself will be formed in you, teaching and the Spirit. Perhaps for the main today, we're going to be in John chapter 15, ably introduced with that wonderful action song, The Friendships of Christ. We abide in Him, just like that powerful image of the vine. Notice there that Jesus says, Abide in Me. And you'll be fruitful, you'll have prayer answered, and you'll be joyful. We'll be picking up on those three distinctives from John chapter 15. Wonderful goodies to have. Great spiritual things. You abide in Christ. Prayer will be answered. You'll know joy beyond yourself. And you'll be fruitful in your life. It won't come crashing down. You won't be foolish. You'll be wise. But notice there it says, I think it's in verse 7. Abide in me and my words abide in you. I think there are two things going on there. You can abide in Christ, but Jesus then says, but my words, my teaching also needs to abide in you. And it's as if the teaching of Christ ensures that you continue to abide within Christ. Can I make a point, simply put, about teaching and the community? a gift of being a teacher, and I thank God for those who support the teaching ministry of this church by care and refreshment, uh, by music, by prayer, by reading, and many of you here I know would be standing and preaching, sometimes in conversation in small group. It's a great gift to have, and it's a great gift to be able to receive but it's teaching and the community. It's within the body of Christ. You would expect a vicar to be saying this, wouldn't you? Come to church. You're together with other people. You represent the body of Christ. And it might be the case that what you receive one Sunday, you're reminded of. The bulk of the pastorals, speak about being reminded of the things of God. You've always known that, but the Spirit points it to you today. You'll need the circular accountability of other people within the building to receive that. And how it is the case, no vicar in the country can do this. The Lord is here, His Spirit is with us. doesn't come when you press a button and the Church of England delivers it. No vicar or clergy person can deliver it. But the Lord is here when God's people gather, and somehow his Spirit is at work, teaching and the community. You miss a Sunday, you miss church, you could well be missing out, could well, on what the Spirit will teach you. Abide in me with the fellowship of God's people, And if my words abide in you, you'll know prayer answered, you'll know joy, and you'll know fruitfulness. Perhaps in contrast to this, teaching and community, teaching and the individual. I've certainly been there. Great sermon! Just wish they could hear that. This one was meant for them. Don't kind of think it works quite like that. Notice in John chapter 15, there's these wonderfully famous verses all about love. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Of course, if we were preaching on that, who is that meant for? Anyone who's hearing it. Love one another, all of you. But it really only makes sense if it's to you as an individual. How should I love Who should I love? At this time, what love should I be receiving? Wasn't that there in the resurrection appearances of Christ? Even someone said to Jesus, Oh, I get what you're saying, but but what about that person? No, you don't worry about that person. You worry about yourself, how you are to love If we receive the teaching of Christ as a community, it's applied as individuals. Perhaps it's worth just thinking, who am I checking in with? Who knows me? Who is reflecting with me on what the Lord is teaching me and how I'm to receive love or to give love? Maybe there's a close friend. Perhaps there's someone you tend to drift to when you're having coffee and refreshments after church, and in addition to the appropriate banter and camaraderie and passing the time of day, there's that, had a good week, are things with you. There's that sense of connection with someone that you can bring your love to, or someone you know that you trust, who can love you appropriately. Abide in me, let my words abide in you. Teaching and the battle. Notice there in this particular famous part of John's Gospel where it goes away from the encounters and the teaching. There are three or four chapters all centred, given to the disciples before Jesus is crucified risen, ascended to his Father. They're left as orphans, they're on their own. And Jesus has to reassure them, promise that he's going to be with them, and then there's a cold shower of a world, the world will be against you. Probably the most beneficial thing a Christian can realise that in this life, as it says here, a Christian will have trouble. Probably the most beneficial thing you can do as a Christian to someone who's starting out on the Christian life or who's seeking to live the Christian life is that no way, Jose, is it downhill all the way to glory. East of Eden, it's uphill all the way until we get there and we see him face to face. In this world, Jesus says, you will have trouble There are cross currents that are going on in the world and I, in fact, am going to bear the ultimate price for you. See what it's going to cost. For the master and also for the servant. Teaching and the battle. Uphill, particular struggles at the moment. We need each other. We need the close support of one or two people. But we also need Christian teaching. So that particularly at those testing times, you'll be wise and not foolish. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I think you're absolutely great. So I'm just off on my own throughout life. I love you, Jesus. I just think you're great. I want to be your friend. This is so good. Abide in me, and my words will abide in you. We we do need this, otherwise the battles and the struggles for life will send you downwards. We could be foolish. Of course we want to be wise. Abide in me, let my words abide in you. Let me conclude uh, with my final point before a slightly risky attempt at humour. Thank you. Anticipatory (laughs) laugh primed up to help the vicar who's nervous about his joke. Teaching and the teacher. Wonderfully, it isn't about, oh, I've learnt something today. It's about, I've rediscovered someone today. Paul says, I know whom I have believed. Every time we receive Christian teaching, every time we say the Lord is here and the Spirit is with us, he's here. We don't just learn about things, we learn about someone. We receive Christ ourselves. How is that going to happen? I'm not against adult education classes. I'm not against lifelong learning. All these things keep you fresh and vital as a human being. Against the battle and the rigours of life. I love you, Jesus. I want to be your friend and so I'm just off to do this on my abide in me. Remember my words, and as you do that Christ himself will be formed in you. Paul says I know who I have believed. Conscious the Church of England's been in the news a little bit this last week. Don't know if you know, but I actually was on the news myself. Decided not to let you know that until now. Apparently, Microsoft have been shelving tens of thousands of jobs. We pray for those people, and we're sorry for them. Our economy is shifting. But so the priorities now in the IT world is not so much Microsoft Windows, but artificial intelligence. And apparently millions of people have discovered this new program called ChatGPT. I'm one of those millions. Yeah, woof, I'm on the news. In fact, I heard about it last week. And it's immense power. And I was faced with a slightly mundane piece of work in my job not teaching but the bureaucracy of the Church of England and I thought I'd test this thing out. No word of a lie, I think that's the contemporary expression, a minute to log in to get my own account and a couple of minutes to try this programme out, artificial intelligence that millions of people are involved with. I gave it a relatively simple task to write a letter, I can see why this is happening. Apparently some people are fearing they're going to lose their jobs to artificial intelligence. They're they're doing their letters and their correspondence better than they could. So I enter into the programme, a mundane piece, of Church of England bureaucracy. You know where this is going. Overloaded. (laughs) Crash the whole programme. This can't possibly be true, it must be the iPad. Try something else. Take out the key words, Church of England. Oh, it's working fine. Rephrase the question, overloaded completely. Two minutes later, and I thought, I've still got a job. (laughs) Artificial intelligence or not. There's only one intelligent response to fruitfulness in life. I've chosen you to bear fruit... There's only one response to answers to prayer in life. There's only one person that can truly give you joy. And the intelligent thing, the spiritually intelligent thing to do, is to recognise it. It comes from Jesus Christ himself. Abide in me and let my words abide in you. By all means, keep tapping away. Keep keeping up to date, but the Lord is here, his spirit is with us, and through Christian teaching, as you both seek to give it and seek to receive it, Christ will be formed in you, surely the most intelligent, wise thing we can do with our lives. The rest is foolish and potentially a right waste of time. A moment's quiet, and I'll lead you in a prayer. Father, thank you for the challenge and for the grace of Christian teaching. Help us not just to hear words, but to receive you, the Christ, whom you know we love and seek to serve. Be formed even now in our hearts and lives and homes. Help us both to bring Christ to others and to receive him ourselves for his dear namesake. Amen.